Alrighty, folks, welcome into another brand new edition of the 901 Soccer Podcast. I'm your host, Lawrence Stocker. You can find me on Twitter at LDoc93. You can find the 901 Soccer Podcast on Twitter at 901 Soccer Pod. You can find us on Facebook as well. Just go to Facebook and search 901 Soccer. We should pop right up. Uh, we've made much more of an effort to be more active and make the Facebook feed align more closely with what's going on on the Twitter feed. Uh, so we certainly hope that you go over there and check that out. <clears throat> Got, um, no uh, 901 news, no 901 specific news to say, uh, to pass on to you today. Uh, the USL did announce an extension of the temporary suspension of the season through May 10th. I'll read you that statement here in a minute. Uh, Craig Unger, Memphis 901 FC, put out a statement. I'll read that to you in a minute. Uh, but the big news is that we now have a Memphian in charge of U.S. soccer. Uh, Carlos Cordero stepped down. Bye, bitch! And we've got Cindy Parlo-Cohn of Germantown, a Germantown legend, if you will, if you see what I did there. Uh, she's running the show up in Chicago now, and I'll tell you what, it's a shit show, but uh, she's got her work cut out for you. But, you know, it's the, she's one of our own, so we wish her all the best. We'll, I'll give you my thoughts on that, and then we'll close it out. And that's going to be the show today, but before we get to any of that, we'll just want to let you know that we're coming to you from the Fave Firm Studios. Fave Firm, located in South Haven, Mississippi. If you're in the Western District of Tennessee or Northern District of Mississippi, if you are facing bankruptcy-related issues, give them a call today at 662-536-1116. Uh, wage garnishment, vehicle repossession, home foreclosure, eviction, medical bills piling up, uh, you know, with the the stock market and the economy are going out of control, haywire here over the coronavirus. If uh, you have issues related to that, give them a call and they can get you set up to go in and sit down and talk to Will Fava. Also want to let everybody know that we are also brought to you by Adam Technologies. Adam Technologies for all of your business, telephone, maintenance, and installation needs. Call them at 901-251-2326. So that's all the proper's out of the way, and since this is a, we are the 901 soccer podcast, it's only appropriate that uh, while we're going to be taking a look at some U.S. soccer issues, even though there is a 901 connection, uh, we're going to give you a little bit of an update as on Wednesday morning at 10 a.m., uh, Memphis 901 FC issued a letter from the president that Craig Unger had penned, so I'm just going to read it to you in its entirety. It is a little bit lengthy, but if you didn't see it, I'm here to share it with you. So here we go. <clears throat> Dear fans, supporters, sponsors, and the Memphis community, we hope that you, your family, and loved ones are safe and healthy. On behalf of the Memphis Redbirds and Memphis 901 FC, we are appreciative of all of our local and regional leadership, health officials, hospitals, healthcare workers, and all of those who are on the front lines doing every they, everything they can to help us and keep our community healthy. Through all of this, we commit to do all that we can to support you and the 901 in the best way that we can. We look forward to the return of goals and home runs, smoke bombs and fireworks, beer and barbecue nachos to AutoZone Park when the time is right. Since late last week, we have asked our employees to work from home and have been following the guidance of the Shelby County Health Department and the CDC to do our part in preventing the further spread of COVID-19. While they work at home, they are continuing to plan for our upcoming seasons, and through our social channels, we will continue to do what we know best, provide entertainment, highlights, and sports content to provide a little social distraction and a taste of the fun to come at AutoZone Park. 
As we eagerly, eagerly await that return, we wanted to share some information with you. We commit to communicate with you often and with transparency. We want to make sure we are providing you the most accurate information. While, when official notification on our respective seasons is provided, we will pass that along to you. We remain in close contact with our, our respective leagues and partners, USL and Major League Baseball, regarding best practices for our players, staff, and guidance on the status of our seasons. We will continue to maintain regular contact and follow the guidelines established by our local, state, and federal government, including the CDC and Shelby County Department of Health. If you hold tickets to any events, we will provide additional information to you on ticket policies once we have clarity on our 2020 seasons. We thank you for your patience and understanding. For over 20 years, AutoZone Park has been a spring and summertime tradition for so many families in the Mid-South. You have put your trust in us to provide a safe, family-friendly venue to watch sports. We take great pride in that trust and assure you that when we come back, it will be when we can fulfill those expectations. Sports is the heart, heartbeat of this great city. Sports is the great unifier. Sports brings people together and will bring us back together again. Sincerely, Craig Unger, President. So that was uh, Craig Unger releasing a, a letter to the fans and the community of Memphis this morning. And then about three hours later, right around one in the afternoon, I guess, uh, official word came down from the USL that they had extended the temporary suspension of the season. So here's that statement. The United Soccer League announced today, following approval from the USL Championships Board of Governors, that the previously announced 30-day temporary suspension of play in the championship will be extended to align with recent guidance from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention on restricting public gatherings of 50 or more people through Sunday, May 10th. To every USL Championship supporter across the country, we want to thank you for your patience and understanding during these extraordinary circumstances. As always, your safety, health, and wellness are our top priority. We will continue to monitor ongoing events, receive guidance from local, state, and national health authorities, and participate in a national task force uh, comprised of other professional sports leagues and organizations from around the country. We also want to extend our support and best wishes to all the individuals and communities who have been impacted by COVID-19. We look forward to being back in action again soon. So that means uh, no Memphis 901 games through May the 10th. So let me pull that schedule up again. I probably should have done a better job of having this prepared for you, but it only occurred to me while I was reading the statement that I should probably tell you what games that means we're for sure going to miss. Um, obviously we had the, well, unfortunately on the Memphis 901 home schedule on their website, they don't have, uh, I guess in, uh, conjunction with that USL championship announcement, the next match showing up is, uh, May 16th at the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Um, so the next potential home game is Saturday, May the 30th against the Charlotte Independents. Oh, that's one that, uh. That's that's one that could get interesting after some of the shenanigans that ensued last year. Let's trust. Let's see if Wikipedia's got something that the the official team website doesn't. Um, yes. So okay, here we go. So off the bat, obviously we've already missed the March fourteenth game at home against St. Louis FC. Uh, missed out on the one at Sporting KC two. Missed out on Birmingham Legion at home. Missed out on Charleston Battery and Atlanta United two at home. Also missed out on the Open Cup game at Mike Rose against Chattanooga. 
So next possible game is May 16th at Pittsburgh. Next possible home game, May 30th, May 30th at home against Charlotte Independence. So that's the local Memphis 901 FC USL update out of the way. And now for the big reason for doing this uh, podcast episode is the fact that U.S. soccer now has a new president, and that president is Memphis's own Cindy Parlo Cohn. Uh, she you know, is from Germantown, uh, went to Germantown High School, uh, played college soccer at the University of North Carolina, uh, who is something of a women's college soccer powerhouse. Uh, a large number of U.S. women's national team players have come from North Carolina. They frequently uh, make deep runs in, in their respective postseason tournament in the NCAA. They're, they're a high-quality high quality outfit, and so for somebody from Memphis to get that opportunity is amazing. Uh, for Cindy Parlocone, a Memphian, to be the president of U.S. Soccer is something, quite frankly, I don't know that there's been anything of that level. Like, any um, Memphian has achieved that level of uh, organizational Gravity, organizational power, uh, I, I'm not exactly sure what the word I'm looking for is, but there's not a lot of people from Memphis that have gotten to the pinnacle of the organization, whatever their respective league is in, right? Like, there's not a lot of Memphians that are league commissioners, there's not a lot of Memphians that are uh, team presidents outside of, in Memphis, you know what I'm saying. So for, to have a Memphian running U.S. soccer with the best women's team in the game, and a men's team that has all the potential in the world and for 3,500 different reasons, can't put any of it together. Um, but a little bit first, before we get into Cindy Parlocone, a little bit about Carlos Cordero, and his tenure can be summed up in, uh, there's certain words that I've said on here before, but I'm not angry, so I'm not going to say them here, but it was a debacle. Disaster, fiasco, start to finish. Um, really, the only good thing Carlos Cordero did while he was U.S. Soccer president was secure the rights to hosting the 2026 World Cup, um, which I think you or I could have sold FIFA on that with it being in three different countries and a substantial amount more teams, which means a substantial amount more games, which means an extra giant shit pile of money. Which, at the end of the day, FIFA can talk about, oh, we want to grow the game and do this and do that. They care about money. Let, let's be real about that. And where are you going to make the most money possible? The United States, and to a lesser extent, Mexico and Canada. You're going to make a lot of money there. You don't have to build. The, the, the host country is not going to go broke putting the event on because there's already infrastructure, you know, airports, roads, trains... Uh, stadiums, public transportation, all of that good stuff, that's already here. And so while it's awesome that he was U.S. soccer president when that opportunity was given to us, let's not act like he is the reason that we got the 2026 World Cup. Suno Galati could have done it. Cordero did it. I could have done it. You could have done it. Cindy Parlocone could have done it. You know, it, it's not a hard sell. So... But he took a year to hire a loser-ass MLS coach and Greg Berhalter to be the U.S. men's national team coach. And the reason he has now stepped down is because the equal pay fight with the U.S. women's team, which has 
for several years now been um it's been an annoyance to the federation it's been a black eye and a bad look it has it, it's surpassed all of that and it is full-blown outright just nasty um everything that the the tv lawyers and the movie lawyers and all of the perceptions that people have of the legal profession about it just being a slug knockdown drag out slug fest 18 rounds that's what this has turned into and we haven't even gone to trial yet like that trial is not supposed to start until may and with all the coronavirus stuff who knows if it's going to start or whether it's going to get pushed back because um while cindy parlo cone is certainly maybe more likely to get a deal brokered uh to get the issue resolved and settled before it goes to trial um counsel for the u.s women's national team uh maybe it's not their counsel maybe it was their spokesperson has um they're not they don't want a deal they want the 66 million 600 million there's a lot of sixes and there's millions and i don't have that exact figure pulled up but they want um u.s soccer to give them a lot of back pay in addition to giving them uh, a massive pay raise and that's the issue that issue is with fifa and where that's the one uh legal argument that u.s soccer actually has a leg to stand on is that um it's not u.s soccer's fault that fifa's prize money for the women's world cup sucks that's not u.s soccer's fault they can certainly pay the women's team more money um and why they haven't uh, doesn't make a whole lot of sense, given that they're sitting on vast surpluses of cash, which they're pissing away in this legal fight, I might add. Um, you know, years-long legal representation and court battles aren't cheap. But Carlos Cordero is gone because the p pinnacle of the ugliness was when, in an actual court document that got filed they made the assertion that the women's team was not doing the same job as the men's team because women are physically inferior to men. Um, and so that led to more outrage, which I th the outrage was, I've never seen outrage like that. Like women's soccer Twitter gets angry about a lot of dumb stuff. This was not one of those dumb things. This was, I mean, you, you look at that and go, wait a minute, what? Like, this, that, that can't be real, can it? But, but, but it was. And so, I mean, the, the, the court, the, like, the filing wasn't even complete, and Grant Wall had already written a column saying Cordero needed to resign. The sponsors were saying, all right, let's go. Um, Cindy Parlo Cohn even came out, I believe, and said, hey, that's not cool, man. Like, what? <laughs> what? Um, but so Cordero's gone now because of those court filings, but let's, let's be real here. One thing that has really annoyed me with the American soccer media asking for his head is it comes off as super self-righteous. And what I mean by that is where were you asking for his head when he was fiddling around with his thumb up his ass for the previous year and a half, two years? Where were you when he took a year to hire a terrible coach for the men's national team? Where were you when he said everybody has to live in Chicago and now we don't have any youth national team coaches? Where were you during any number of other fiascos when U.S. soccer shut down their Spanish language Twitter account? 
when uh, a Mexican-American coach left the U.S. Federation or went to Mexico because he said Spanish is, not only is Spanish not required, you are actively discouraged from speaking Spanish in a U.S. soccer setting. Where was all of the Grant Wall outrage over that? This was just the straw that broke the camel's back. This was, the, the, the fact that just now people are realizing that Cordero was a bad pick to be president is kind of mind-blowing, and it's also a little bit self-serving to me, um, where he was only doing a bad, like he, he was doing a fine job until he made the U.S. women's team mad and insulted them. Like, no, like, no that's, that's not a, that's not the first instance of him being a terrible U.S. soccer president. That's more of the most recent in a long line of them. But the interesting thing is that there's actually been a lot of upheaval and a lot of change at U.S. soccer. And Grant Wall, who... I do my best not to read what Grant Wall has to write because he's a tool and a prick. He actually has both me personally and the Nano One Soccer podcast on Twitter blocked because I had the audacity to tell him that um, some college soccer team raising m money for their teammate with cancer wasn't racist, and then he blocked me for it. Um, but, you know... He's very thin-skinned. He he's when you don't agree with every single thing, single word he has to say, he loses his mind. Um, I also had to chuckle uh, that during the uh, I read the, his latest article about uh, how massive of a job Cindy Parlocone has in front of her as U.S. Soccer President. He spent the entire first half of the article talking about how hard it was for him to be cooped up during the coronavirus. I was like, dude. Jump, go to hell. <laughs> you're such a douchebag. You're so uh, self-important. Like, you're, 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 your ego is massive for, some, like, nobody knows who, like, nobody outside of a small niche in the soccer community know who the hell you are. Um, so get off your high horse and be a journalist. Don't tell me that this article is about Cindy Parlocone having a tough job ahead of her and then spend the whole half of it complaining about having to stay at home. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, but Carlos Cordero stepping down is... Um, Carlos Cordero was a problem. He was not the problem. Um, the, whole, the, the whole structure is, is a problem, and I, I don't really want to get into all of it. But there has been a lot of change. Obviously, Sunil Gulati, no longer the president. Dan Flynn, no longer the CEO. Jay Burhalter, no longer involved with U.S. No, well, no longer officially involved with U.S. soccer. Um... Like, why could you bums not have been gone when we needed to hire the coach? Um, though this is interesting, I wonder what that does to Greg Berhalter's level of job security. I think if they lose five games against CONCACAF opposition this year, um, he may not have... Eh, let me rephrase that. I think, unfortunately, I think Jay, uh, Greg Berhalter's got the job until he drops dead or doesn't want it. Um, you know, he coached in MLS, and he played for the national team. Ergo, amazing coach. Anyway... A um, lot of upheaval. No more Sunil Gulati, no more Carlos Cadero, no more Dan Flynn, no more Jay Burhalter. but U.S. Soccer has no youth national team coaches. U.S. Soccer has an interim president. U.S. Soccer has no vice president. U.S. Soccer has no COO. No, U.S. Soccer has no CEO. 
And Sunil Gulati's on the board of directors. Don Garber's on the board of directors. Yeah, that's not an incestuous relationship at all. Um, so Cordero going is good, but it doesn't really change a whole lot. Um, the good that it does do is it puts a Memphian in the seat of power. And that's super awesome, and that's what we'll talk about next. So, Cordero's gone, and that means that Cindy Parlocone is the new president of U.S. Soccer. And that's right, folks, she is indeed one of our own. And so we're going to just kind of take a look a little bit at her at her bio, if you will. Um, obviously, she's from Memphis, like I said, went to Germantown High School, played college soccer at the University of North Carolina, a uh, big powerhouse there. Uh, she began training with the women's national team in March of 95. She made her first appearance with the women's national team in January of 96 in a friendly against Russia. She also scored her first goal in that game, which is super cool. Because that's, that's the thing that people dream of, right? First cap, first goal, and she managed to do it, which is awesome. She, was, she played for the U.S. at two Women's World Cups. Uh, she started all six games on the road to victory in 1999, scored two goals along the way. And then she played for the U.S. again at the 2003 Women's World Cup, which was also on home soil. And funny fact about that 2003 Women's World Cup is that it was originally supposed to be hosted in China. But because of the SARS outbreak, FIFA said, we've got to move it somewhere that isn't having a massive SARS outbreak. Um, and where else in the world can you host an event of that magnitude on next to no notice? The U.S. They just hosted it four years ago and did a fantastic job. Let's put it there again. And it wasn't as awesome in 2003 as it was in 1999, A, because we didn't win, uh, but B, because a lot of, again, it was short notice. So you're not going to have as big of an event as you would if you'd had the full four years to get ready for it. But um, in a couple of games, uh, still hitting 30,000 marks. I know the U.S. played in Philly and D.C., and I think both of those games hit 30. The one in Philly definitely did. I don't know about the other one. Uh, they also played in Columbus at uh, formerly known as Crew Stadium, won there, which was cool. Um, only got third. I think Germany won that year's Women's World Cup. But that was the second of two Women's World Cups for Cindy Parlow Cohn. She also was a member of the women's team at the inaugural Women's Olympic Tournament in 1996, also on home. So how cool is that, that for Cindy Parlow Cohn, three of her first four international tournaments are all on home soil. That's pretty cool. Um, you know, with 96, the Olympics were in Atlanta. Um, the gold medal game was at Sanford Stadium in Athens, Georgia, home of the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, they won gold there. They were, she was on the team in 2000 in Sydney when they won silver. They lost that gold medal game to Norway, I believe it was. And then her final international tournament was the 2004 Olympics in Athens where the U.S. again won gold. She had to announce her retirement in July of 2006 due to concussions, which is super sad. But an 11-year international career is nothing to sneeze at. Um, 158 appearances, 75 goals for the U.S. Women's National Team. So a Women's World Cup championship, two Olympic gold medals, an Olympic silver medal, and a third-place finish at another Women's World Cup on top of 75 goals and 158 appearances. That's high-level soccer in high-level tournaments, and a high level of winning. That's quite impressive, quite the resume. <clears throat> um, she had a short-lived managerial career. In 2013, she was the head coach for the Portland Thorns in their inaugural season, in the inaugural season for the NWSL. And she went out on top. She only managed the one season, but she won the title that year as the 
Thorns beat Western New York Flash 2-0 in August of 2013. I want to say that was a really short season because it only went from like April to August. I think they only had six or eight teams in the NWSL that year. But uh, she resigned uh, for personal reasons, uh, mainly to be closer to uh, family, I guess, which makes sense and there's nothing wrong with that. And so she uh, became U.S. Soccer Vice President in February of 2019, which filled the vacancy that Carlos Cordero left when he became President in 2018, and just last week became the new President of U.S. Soccer. So Cindy Parlocone is the President now, and I gotta say, she's got a tough, tough road ahead of her. It is this, this, she's in a position that just sucks. It really does. Because right off the bat, it's an unpaid volunteer position, U.S. soccer president. And you should be making a lot more than nothing. You should be making a lot more than, I mean, it should, it should be a six-figure job. Because I don't know of any, I don't think Roger Goodell or, or um, Rob Manfred or Gary Bettman or the, the snake Adam Silver or even Papa Don, I don't think any of those guys are making... You know, those are, I don't think any of those are unpaid positions. I think those are money makers. Um, so, no money. And unlike Carlos Cordero, Cindy Parlocone does not have uh, a vast wealth to fall back upon from days as a Goldman Sachs executive. Like, Cindy Parlocone wasn't a Wall Street insider before she got to U.S. soccer, so she doesn't have millions of in Swiss bank accounts and so on. Not that there's anything wrong with having millions in a Swiss bank account, but... It's already another uh, another obstacle, another downside to being U.S. soccer president at this moment in time for Cindy Parlocone. Also, she's the only one at Soccer House. Like, there's no CEO, there's no vice president, there's no chief commercial officer, and there's no youth national team coaches on the men's side outside of Jason Christ. So, that sucks. Then, you have all sorts of crazy litigation going on. Not just with the women's team but also with a charity called the U.S. Soccer Foundation that is suing over something or other because, I mean, it get while well, the getting's good, folks. Um, I think Rocco Camaso and the NASL still have a suit of some sort going against U.S. Soccer. Um, those have been going on for several years. Um, that costs a lot of money. Litigation is expensive. Um, so you've got all of that. And then you've got um, a fan base that doesn't believe in you. You've got the women's team that doesn't trust the Federation. You've got uh, the men's team is coached by a lamppost. And it's just a giant shit show all the way around. And so Cindy Parlocon's got a work cut out for her. Um, she got the ball rolling in a good way. She officially walked back to the crazy, ridiculous legal argument that said the women's national team um, doesn't do the same work simply because they're the women's national team, uh, she called that, uh, where do I, was it? She said it was offensive and added that the Federation will conduct an internal review to quickly determine the breakdown at the board of directors level that allowed that strategy to go through. I mean, that's a good start. And now you got to do, you do more. Um, you, you can't just focus on, um, the women's national team lawsuit. There's a lot of other stuff going on. You got to start hiring some people. Hire some people that can replenish the trust fund of U.S. soccer. You've got to get the fans back on board. You've got to figure out how to get us back to the Olympics. You've got to... There's a lot you got to do. Um, 
got to start hiring some people. You got to be a leader. And Cindy Parlocone, I've never met her. I don't know how good she could be, how good she might be, how bad she could be, how bad she might be. Um, I do know she's going to be your U.S. soccer president for another year. Um, at the AGM in Atlanta next year, they will vote whether she gets to continue to be, whether she gets her own full presidential term or whether um, she's just interim for the one year. Um, funnily enough, and uh, funnily enough, the AGM that I mentioned uh, is in Atlanta next year. It was in Nashville about five weeks ago, and I'm not sure how that slipped through the cracks on me, but it did, and I didn't get any emails from U.S. Soccer. I didn't get any emails from the NASR. I didn't get any anybody on Twitter talking about it. There wasn't anything on Facebook about it. None of my friends that live in Nashville that are soccer fans said anything about it. Um, not sure how it slipped through the cracks on me. It's almost like U.S. Soccer doesn't want people there asking them questions. Um, but uh, I rest assured I would have been there for you, for the 901 Soccer Podcast, making a name, uh, doing the doing the, the will, responding to the will of the people. Um, but I didn't get that chance, but I'm actually very seriously considering going to Atlanta next year because that's not a terrible drive, and it's turned out to be quite an amazing soccer town. Um, but that next year in Atlanta is when Cindy Parlocone will be up for re-election? Election? I don't know. She didn't get elected. She was, she filled in the president's role. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's semantics. Her term, this presidential term that she's currently filling in for is over next year. And next year we will just vote to see if she is the president full time or if somebody else is. Um... Got a lot of challenges. It's not a fun situation. Got to hire people. Got to get these lawsuits settled. Got to get back to the Olympics. Got to get back to the World Cup. That's a lot of. That's a tall task for anybody. Um, Cindy Parlow Cone. She has a lot of uh, highly respected, highly accomplished people in her corner. Uh, Mia Hamm, Julie Fowdy certainly thinks so. Um, there was an article I saw this morning from Soccer America, which unfortunately is behind a paywall. You have to do subscribe, and I didn't want to read it that bad, and I'm not paying to read a 300-word article. Um, but it was about uh, when Anson Dorrance, who was the first coach of the women's national team when they won the Women's World Cup in 1991? Was it 91? Yeah, 91, 95, 99. Yeah, so 1991, Anson Dorrance was doing some book signings here in Memphis, and apparently the... Parlow family was toting him around, and uh, so I'm going to assume the article is about that's when Cindy Parlow Cohn fell in love with soccer, and uh, Anson Dorrance thinks very highly of her, Mia Hamm, Julie Foudy both think very highly of her, those are accomplished people that theoretically know what they're talking about, and so I'm going to take their word for it and hope that Cindy Parlow Cohn lives up to the billing. Um, she's only been in office for a week. And we've already seen a small positive step, and hopefully in the coming weeks we see bigger, more positive steps to that end. So I think that's going to wrap it up for us here for the evening. Um, so it's, you got the USL has been the USL suspended season has been pushed farther down the road. Carlos Cordero has stepped down. Cindy Parlo Cones, the new president of U.S. Soccer. Um, you know if. I don't really have too much more to add on that than as far as uh, 
potential new podcast episodes going forward. I don't really know yet. If there's something, a topic that you guys would like to hear, feel free to let me know, and I will give you my thoughts on that, do a little bit of research. But other than that, I don't know how many of these I'm going to be doing until the season comes back. But uh, that's going to wrap it up here for us. Just want to remind everybody, this is coming to you from the Fave Firm studio. Uh, Favor Firm, if you are facing uh, issues such as wage garnishment, foreclosure, if you've lost your job, decrease in income, medical bills, credit card debt, give them a call at 662-536-1116 and then get you, get you in and sort all of that out for you. Also want to remind folks that the 901 Soccer Podcast is brought to you by Adam Technologies for all your business and business telephone needs. Give them a call at 901-251-2326. Just want to remind everybody, I'm your host, Lawrence Dockery, and you can check me out on Twitter at LDoc93. You can find the 901 Soccer Podcast on Twitter at 901 Soccer Pod. Check us out on Facebook as well. That's facebook.com slash 901 Soccer. Um, don't know when the next time I'll talk to you, but until then, uh, don't get sick. Uh, quarantine yourself as best you can, and uh, let's just hope that we get soccer back soon.